Hello, pod listeners. This is our brand new podcast where we remember bands from the 90s. We're Stan and Klutz, but you know that from our podcast! Christmas in Dixie. It is Halloween time. Welcome back to the American Dad podcast. Yeah, welcome everybody. So this week we're going to be doing a <laughs> Halloween episode. Oh, you keep sucking me. <laughs> A Halloween-y episode. Spooky. And that episode is... The Witches of Langley. There it is. Oh, God, I missed that. Thank you. Feels like home. Okay, so I'm going to try something a little bit different. Uh Uh-oh. Where I basically just tell you the entire episode. Yeah. Just throw it out there for you. Which is kind of like what other podcasts do, I think. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, they cover it like scene by scene, yeah. what we've heard of other show type podcasts. Yeah. So The Witches of Langley starts with a spooky scene in the lunchroom. Oh, yeah, like the intro to the lunchroom. Right. Yeah. They Where's do that in Mean Steve, Girl. He's breaking down who's at each table. So you have the football players or the kings of the lunchroom. Mm-hmm. They've already gotten more blowjobs than we'll ever get. Cheerleaders. The drama kids who are chain massaging each other. Gross. Goth kids. Guys with no personality who always wear basketball shorts. The robots pretending to be kids. Johnny Five. Still cooler than Steve's table. Yeah, the robots also get a better table than them. But Mm. I bet if they got into a fight, the robots would win. Yeah, probably. The dweebs, which they characterize as being chess players. Uh. The nerds, which have... Drones and computers, mm-hmm. or basically every child alive today. <laughs> so it's more like computer nerd, and dweeb is like a non-computer nerd, right? Um, a dork. They're the ones that have magic cards, dressed like Star Trek characters, mm. and then there's some that are in LARPing gear. Mm-hmm. So a fantasy dork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're at Comic Con all year long. And the kid who's playing magic is on the ground with his magic cards and he's on his knees and he's got his arms up. That's very cute. The Bolivian kids. Mm. The left-handed kids who previously were not a group have taken over (laughs) the boys' table. From now on, this table belongs to the left-handed kids. Which is sandwiched between bathroom doors next to the trash can. Barry loves it. Worst table? It's right by the garbage and the bathrooms. What is wrong with you? Steve gets clowned on by the little stinker table, which are clearly based on, like, the little rascals. (laughs) Psych! We're the little stinker table, and you've just been goofed! (laughs) You're the little stinker table. And then they are banished to the halls to try Mm. to find a new place to eat. And apparently the school has a haunted hallway. I think I heard something. Do you feel a presence? Yes, it was definitely a ghost. He peed all over my pants. So future reference, maybe. The boys realize that they have nothing in common as they roam the hallway with their lunch trays. None of us are even Asian. And Barry... Barry has a true warmth of heart that none of us can come close to. Thanks for not saying fat. Barry's feet look enormous. Yeah. Did you notice that? I was noticing their feet like earlier when we were watching uh, the episode. I was like, the feet look a little big. 
Well, Barry's feet are like six of Toshi's feet. They're gigantic bread loaves. <laughs> he could fit in with the dorks as a hobbit. <laughs> yeah. Or a troll. Whichever has big feet. Dork orcs. Yeah. The boys run into the football players who are also in the hallway for some reason now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the football players tell them that they have nothing in common. Right. Steve is a loser. Barry's a dumbass. Snot is a bum. And Toshi's from somewhere else. <laughs> Football players are more introspective about the yeah. group than they are about themselves. <laughs> You're from somewhere else. Wow, he really had us pegged. Yeah, he knows a lot about that. Yeah. Uh, they're then chased in separate directions out of the school, symbolically chased in different directions. The only thing you guys have in common is that your asses are about to be grasses. Get those unrelated kids! Which is how Steve winds up at T. Lumpkin's House of Curiosities. Go away! We're closed! Steve runs past a sandwich shop that Vince Chung is inside of. Oh, shit. Outside of T. Lumpkin's is a sign that says Grand Opening and Established 1889. <laughs> did you notice that? I did, yeah. It's pretty cute, though. Roger is, of course... Twanderlust Lumpkins. I just love it. Like when he goes in, he's like, "Go away!" Oh, hi, Steve. <laughs> Didn't you hear me? Oh, hi, Steve. Roger. The name's Twanderlust Lumpkin. After some unhelpful solutions to Steve's bullying problem, um, and this is some sort of pewter dragon statue. You could throw it at him. What is this stuff? Steve spots the art of witchcraft, how to cast spells and look good doing it. On a podium in an alcove surrounded by lit candles. That's where this art of witchcraft is. <laughs> he asks about it and Roger reacts like the hot tub salesman in hot water is basically, uh-uh, that tub is not for you. What's this book? No, this book is not for you. In it are contained all the solutions to your problems. With it, every fear you've ever had would melt away. Hopes would be fulfilled. Dreams would become reality. Growers will become showers. You do not want this book. Roger uses some reverse psychology, then leaves to get his daily sandwich from next door. <laughs> He's crushing hard on a guy named Prescott. Right now I'm playing it cool, just making little jokes like, the clam chowder looks like a bowl of sperms. Do you think I'm being too coy or should I turn up the heat? And leaves Steve with one final admonishment not to think about the book. <laughs> Don't. About that. Buk. He then turns off the overhead lights, leaving only a spotlight shining on the Buk stand and closes the door. Good for you for continuing with the Buk. Steve is left alone, staring at the Buk in the dark. The art of witchcraft? He approaches and flips through its pages only to find that they are blank. As he verbalizes this realization, a script appears on the first page, property of Stephen Anita Smith. These pages are blank! <gasps> oh, I don't know his name. His name. Steve gasps and immediately steals the book, and also behind him, you can see Aladdin's lamp. Mm -hmm. I guess an alternative to the book as far as, like, solutions for your <laughs> problems. But maybe he doesn't steal the book because the book just said that it was his. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. It is his property. Right. He was just He's removing it what from was the, his. But possession is nine-tenths of the law. 
Twanderlust returns to lie to Steve about his romantic progress with the boy next door. Well, I'm back and it could not have gone better. Prescott and I had full and complete sex beneath the meat slicer. <laughs> but Steve is nowhere to be found. Steve has accepted the adventure and we're on to act two. Ooh. We open on Haley eating Francine's funnel cakes. Bum, bum, bum. As Haley is a jobless do-nothing <laughs> who can't even make her own funnel cakes, she immediately convinces Francine that she should make funnel cakes for money in addition to her regular house chores. You should sell funnel cakes. I don't know. You got the goods, Ma. You're right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take these funnel cakes and make something of myself. Klaus is hard at work trying to remember 90s bands without the internet. Oh, that is hard. And sucks Stan into his list making. Marcy Playground, uh, which I thought it was Marcy's Playground. Yeah. I was like pretty sure it was Marcy's Playground, but apparently it's just Marcy Playground. Yeah. Holy crap. I straight up forgot about Marcy Playground. They sang Sex and Candy. Who else is on there? Offspring. Candlebox. Oh, man. So many memories. Two memories. Never heard of Candlebox. Up in the treehouse... We find out that Steve was the only one who successfully avoided a beating that day. The rest of the boys got black left eyes, specifically, uh. and slightly torn clothing, although it is hard to tell with that bum's not. He's a bum. Steve presents the book as a panacea for all their school troubles, as it was presented to him by Roger. Ooh, panacea. Gentlemen, our days of being pushed around have come to an end. When they are skeptical... Steve, magic's not real. If it was, the Orlando Magic would have won a championship by now. Snot, you follow basketball? I watch the finals. Steve proves that the book is, at the very least, haunted. And the boys are impressed. Except for Toshi, who's all like, uh, check, please. <laughs> <laughs> the titles are in plain English, but the writing is all Greek to me. Pause for laughter. The writing is in Greek. But the titles are in English. Okay. The boys try out a spell to get their lunch table back and nonchalantly go about their business. Mistress Magic, if you're able, return to us our luncheon table. Okay, that's that. I, I guess we find out tomorrow if it worked. The next day, they find that their table is still inhabited by the left-handed kids. And Stott says, it's okay, Steve. It was a stupid yeah, idea I anyway. <laughs> it's okay, Steve. It was a stupid idea anyway. Only this time, two of them are eating with, and one of them is gesturing with their right hand. Toshi tries to point this out to the boys, but is unsuccessful until he pulls the old blind person in the courtroom trick by throwing one of Barry's rolls at them. Hey, he caught that with his right hand. The left-handers flee in terror after realizing that they've become right-handed and no longer special or interesting. In Principal Lewis's office, he sniffs the air and picks up this sort of orangey burnt almond smell of witchcraft, which prompts him to open a hidden compartment in his wall that houses a crossbow, a Van Helsing outfit, and a partially eaten tube of cookie dough. <laughs> Is that a half-eaten roll of raw cookie dough? What was going on with me last time I was in this witch hunter's cabinet? Back at the treehouse, the boys reflect on how the immediate gratification of their desires through magic <laughs> is immediately gratifying. Steve searches for their next spell and does the medical industry a solid by tearing out a spell that cures all cancer. 
The boys at Big Pharma would not be happy if this little secret got out. Boys at Big Pharma. At the back of the Buick, they discover the blood magic spells, and Snot immediately begins to recite one titled Pure Evil. <laughs> Anal, Nathrak, Uthfas. <laughs> The treehouse becomes a treehouse of horror, a wink, and they agree to only use their powers for good, branding themselves good boy witches. Uh. We'll be good boy witches. The next morning, the boys walk down the hall with confidence with their brand new goth punk wardrobe and hairstyles. Interestingly, Steve's hair looks like the podium that he found the buk on. Oh. Did you notice that? No. Abracadabra by the Steve Miller band plays, presumably non-diegetically. I'll never know what that word means. Diegesis is a Greek word. Okay. Uh, it's Greek okay. too. Right. Uh, for recounted story in the show's diegesis is the total world of the story action. So if a sound is diegetic, it means that the sound is from within the real reality okay. of them. Dig it. So abracadabra should just be an overlay. But sometimes they do that joke where it's like, it's just off screen and yeah. they like stop that music. <laughs> The boys impress a bully with their new confidence. Well, I do want to say I love that joke. That is what I want for you. Live up to your potential. <laughs> Why can you be confident like that? That's what I want for you. You have so much potential. The boys go out and find practical ways to help their community with magic. Steve finds a hot girl trying to catch butterflies with a big ass net and helps get a r- Helps her get a really good look at a butterfly by conjuring thousands of them. <laughs> She's just like out chasing butterflies with a giant net like you've seen never. Yeah. Is that, would that even be okay to do that to butterflies? Well, there's fewer and fewer of them every year. Uh, Snot finds a football player having trouble with his motorcycle and materializes hundreds of butterflies to fly the boy in his motorcycle home. <sighs> Buttercycle... Principal Lewis sees the butter cycle flying past his window, puts on his Van Helsing hat, and leaves to pursue the culprit. Toshi telekinetically rips the pants off his math teacher and produces a stream of butterflies from the humiliated teacher's butthole. <laughs> Sorry, it's too loud, but it's funny. Is it just that they only got to like the butterfly yeah. spell? They all learned the butterfly spell and they were like... That's all we need. We That's all we need for now. We don't need to read more than this. Barry sits on the stairs eating a pie while a growing group of cheerleaders, including Lisa Silver, look on aroused. Principal Lewis manages to locate the buttercycle riding football player. He's dead. He <laughs> fell from the sky into a bush. <laughs> and now his buttercycle is just a regular smash to bits motorcycle. <sighs> the butterflies return and chase Principal Lewis away from the <laughs> dead student slash crime scene. <laughs> The boys meet up in what should probably not be referred to as a group pissing and <laughs> and find that they can understand Toshi for the first time as a result of their heightened state of being. Yeah. It sure has, Toshi, my friend. Hey, I understand Tosh. Toshi reveals that he loves the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise and the boys realize that speaking another language doesn't make you interesting. <laughs> Oh, 
cool. We pan out to reveal that the boys are actually levitating five feet in the air and peeing onto the walls, past the urinals, and onto the floor. That's what makes you interesting. Right next to, like, they're peeing in the bathrooms mm -hmm. all over the place. Right. And then they sit right next to them to eat. Uh, right? Gross. Ugh, so gross. Directly outside the bathroom, the boys sit at their reclaimed table, but Steve is now unsatisfied. Yeah. Maybe is because of all the piss smell. Is this unprecedented that they understand Toshi? Has it ever happened before? I don't know. I assume it has to have. They couldn't have waited this long to finally make that joke. But it would be pretty impressive if they did. Right. It would make it a special Toshi episode. Mm -hmm. Steve is unsatisfied. All right. Steve plays his cool guy sitting on a chair backwards character and attempts to join the kings of the lunchroom, the football players at their table, offering butterflies as tribute. <laughs> Can I hook you guys up with some butterflies? You guys up with some butterflies. <laughs> Quarterbacks, witches, the rest be bitches. He is swiftly rejected by Marshall, the, their leader and Federation of Christian Athletes Scholar Baller of the Month. Although he is a quarterback... Marshall shows impressive leg strength and kicks Steve across the lunchroom, still seated. <laughs> Steve vows his revenge. Embarrass me in front of everyone. He'll pay for this, stupid Marshall. He's not stupid, Steve. He's the Federation of Christian Athletes Scholar Baller of the Month. Mm. Back at the house, Stan and Klaus record their 90s band podcast in the living room while an audio engineer with a wispy goatee manages their freaking audio levels from a laptop. Hello, pod listeners. This is our brand new podcast where we remember bands from the 90s. Where they're just like one time. Mm, lucky. I can afford like a full-time guy for their podcast. Yeah. Just managing their audio levels, tip-typing away for some reason. We requires constant maintenance. You got to twiddle those knobs continuously. Oh, you know what else I wanted to do, though? What? I skipped out on it. Okay. Uh, we discover that Stan loves the act of recalling... You're tell me what it is. I'll tell you in a second. Okay. We discover that Stan loves the act of recalling the band Collective Soul. Mm-hmm. Hey, Stan. Yeah, Klaus? Who would you say is your favorite 90s band to remember with the word soul in their name? Asylum? Coughing? Or collective? Easy. Collective. Collective soul. I love remembering collective soul. So there's collective soul, soul asylum, and soul coughing, which I'd never heard of. Oh, coughing? Yeah. Soul coughing. See, I thought there might be two different bands between collective soul and soul collective. Oh, you thought that Soul Collective was the name of a band? Yeah. Okay, so do you remember what song Soul Asylum sang? Nope. I need to get this to the chorus. I've got no idea. Soul idea. Asylum. <laughs> oh, is this like Runaway Train? Yes. I want to see this. This is Super Bon Bon by the Soul Co or so Soul Coughing. I was a key that could use a little turning. Doesn't this sound like that Stick It in the Fridge song? Yeah, it sounds like the Mr. Pibb. It does. Stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge. In the fridge. You know what Collective Soul sang? Nope. I think I, ah, no, I can't remember. 
This is what I wanted to do earlier. I wanted to, because I have a playlist with all of the, um, bands. Bands. Actually, I can just cut it in. Yeah. Now. Was this another one? Yeah. Goo dolls. Yeah, no, it sounds is... like fucking Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, it not does. the Goo Goo Dolls. Who owns this? Is Collective Soul? Oh, this. This is also Collective Soul. So. Ah, uh, this. Chose... Yeah, this was. A, I think that this is a bigger hit. He chose um, the biggest um, band. Uh, The next day at school, Toshi is making small fireworks to impress girls because bitches love witches. They do. Big fans. And the boys deduce that Steve's been practicing blood magic from the new white streak in his hair and the milky-eyed husk of quarterback Marshall's. <laughs> Following him around. What happened to your hair? And why are you with him? Oh, Marshall? He decided to quit football and become a boy witch. I realized I wanted to be a cool witch, like Steve, my master. See? Nothing weird. Steve has gone mad with power and forces his football zombie to baby bird churro into his mouth. Marshall! Churro! Ah. That's gross. Ugh, so gross. The boys refuse to join Steve in his quest to create more baby bird demons, so Steve <laughs> leaves them to contend with his zombie. You can stop me, but you gotta stop Marshall first. Bye bye boys. <laughs> Principal Lewis crossbows Marshall zombie through the throat and vows to crossbow the witch who made him. Pretty cool, huh? On one hand... Thank you. On the other, you just murdered a student! That wasn't a student. That was a zombie created by blood magic. I'll find whoever made this demon. And when I do, I'm gonna crossbow his ass. Hmm. He leaves the boys with a warning against using blood magic. If you want to keep your asses uncrossbowed, you stay away from blood magic. Because blood magic is dud magic. Then puts on an additional pair of sunglasses and leaves. Did you notice that? Yeah. He's like already got sunglasses on. And puts on another it is like the more you know type yeah. of thing. <laughs> and then puts on another pair of sunglasses. Meanwhile, on Mount Darkmoor, the home of the Federation of Christian Athletes, Marshall's death instigates the search for a new scholar baller who doesn't necessarily have to be a QB. Right? Outreach. And guys. Please be open to defensive players. They don't all have to be quarterbacks. I assume that we'll talk about that later. Okay. 
The boys go to visit T. Lumpkin's shop and find Roger straddling a giant tusk, eating a sandwich and imagining his crush. That's what I'm assuming he's doing up there. And once again, he's like, don't come in. (laughs) Go away. (laughs) Hey, no kids. Go away. Read the sign. Uh, Behind him, there's a Ricky Ticky Tavi statue and a Dalek from uh, Doctor Who. Behind the boys, there's a bong. Yup. The boys tell Roger about Steve stealing the magic book, and Roger is horrified to discover the podium empty. He tries to replace it with a pewter dragon, but it doesn't work. Mm. <gasps> what? How? It's gone! Oh no, now I have nothing to put on this podium! Wait, the pewter dragon! Perfect! Problem solved! <sighs> that was the dragon, wasn't it? Roger agrees to help the boys find Steve in order to avoid having his franchise taken away from him. Ah, crap! The guy I franchised this place from said he'd yank my franchise if I ever let anyone use blood magic in this franchise. We gotta save my franchise! Franchise. super into his franchise. The boys fly to 90s fest in Hocus Pocus style with Barry using a vacuum like Kathy and Jimmy. To 90s fest! This is where we would say before, when A-plot meets B-plot. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, and we call the Dalek or the Bong a box of flip-flops. It's it's over. We don't do it anymore. We've moved on. At 90s Fest, Stan and Klaus reminisce about some bands that are not at the festival, including... Luscious Jackson. Blind Melon. Allison Chains. Farouk Assault. None of those bands will be here today. So let's say the name of a band that is here, Semi Sonic. Yeah. yeah. Do you know any of those bands, Paul? Uh, Blind Melon was like the band that had the music video with a bunch of bees dancing around. Something about the bees. Like, You're thinking of Nicolas Cage and uh, like, <laughs> Wicker Man. I can't remember the song, but it has something to do with like. Sunshine when it rains or something. Okay, here's Luscious Jackson. All right. With Naked Eye. It's boring. I don't like it. This was a hit? Allegedly. Oh. That one. Row, row, row your boat gently Blind melon with no rain. That one. It had no. some do with the fucking rain. Yeah, they made a bunch of money off of commercials and stuff from this song. Oh yeah. Like a cruise ship commercial. This is <laughs> perfect song. Okay, this is Down in a Hole by Allison Chase. 
I don't. I think this was before our time. Yeah. This must be like early nineties. I'm like, this is Volcano Girls by Faruka Salt, which is mostly a girl band. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Taylor Swift. Thank you. I'll keep <laughs> that. This is semi sunny with closing time. I think they had, they had one more, right? Yeah. One more big song. That song reminds you of something that Catherine would listen to in Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah. This is the other song by called FNT. Okay. Oh, the better one. Oh, when you just really wanted to play that. Yeah, the paint sponge game from 10 Things I Hate About You. Fascinating new thing. Sure. It's a lovely song. No closing time, but it's lovely. Closing time is kind of boring. Okay, so. Go team. The boys and Roger arrive to 90s Fest and spread out to search for Steve. Mm-hmm. Roger immediately sees Franny's funnels. Oh my God, she did it. She said she was gonna do it and she went out and did it like a boss. Shit, I gotta support. And gets in line to support her. No, she did it. Also in line is Jessica, Stan's spring break buddy who's four people away from being refused service. Snot manages A meets B meets C plot. Yeah. Hmm. Snot manages to spot a feral white haired Steve and get his rocks off at the same time by magically inflating his scrotum with air. Oh lady of witchcraft, put air in my scrot and allow this humble witch to float, float, float. Steve blows the head off the lead singer of Semi Sonny! Hey man. We're trying to play closing time. People of Langley, your lives as you know them are now over. Boo! Put back on whoever sings closing time. And the battle between blood magic and good boy magic begins. We're good boy witches, remember? I remember you laughed at me when I ate churro out of a quarterback's mouth. We didn't laugh. Die! Steve manifests a wolf made of electricity, and the boys hold hands in a blue orb of friendship. But I'll take our friendship over that any day. Principal Lewis takes aim at Steve with his crossbow, but is harpooned through the chest <laughs> by Roger in retribution for Lewis's cutting in line in front of him at Franny's Funnels. Die, witches! 
I did it. I killed the guy who cut in front of me in the funnel cake line. Principal Lewis manages to shoot the crossbow anyway, which Steve deflects directly into Barry's chest, and Barry's all, uh, check, please. I'm dead, man. <laughs> check, please. <laughs> the distraction allows Steve's energy beam to reach the boy's blue ball, and there's a massive explosion. <laughs> Steve crawls over to find a dead Barry at the bottom of the explosion crater mm -hmm. and begins to regret killing him. Mm -hmm. Oh no, Barry! What have I done? I'm so sorry. <laughs> there is one way. What? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you said you wish there was a way you could undo this. Roger once again offers the Bjork as a solution, specifically an undo spell which will undo all of the magic stuff on the condition that Steve buy Roger's pewter dragon that he can't figure out what to do with. Right. Fine! Just give it to me! Not the dragon, the book! Please! Bring our magic powers to an end so we can go back to being friends! The next day at school, Snot decides that his favorite part of the ordeal was being able to inflate his scrotum. I did like floating. And Barry most enjoyed having a place to eat lunch, i.e. being part of a distinct group. Hmm. Steve has a non-magical solution. He walks over to an alive Marshall hmm. and hugs him. Ah, Marsh, buddy. How's that throwing arm? Are you freaking kidding me? The boys appear at their lunch table with black eyes and torn clothes as the kids who get beat up by football players. As the sun sets on another day, the kids who get beat up by the football players find a place to call their own. Guys, I forgot to tell you, when you die, nothing happens. It's just a permanent cessation of consciousness. I know who I want to take me home. Gets a little dark. Thank you for listening. <laughs> you got anything, Paul? Yeah, I got Be some, quick about it. I don't need a bunch of stuff where it's like, I've got something here. Here it is. I don't need that. Yeah. Well, here's some trivia. Uh, first thing, number one, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It's not the Federation. <laughs> like the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, <laughs> the Purity Ring. It was founded in 1964, Kansas City. One of their core statements condemns premarital sex and homosexual sex of any kind. <laughs> So yeah, they're Marital not or otherwise. <laughs> Any of conservative. it. You said you were in the Federation of Christian Athletes. I was in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes because, by God, marching band counts. And I, you were in it for marching band. Yeah, I was a member of that as much as I was a member of anything else. Where I didn't go all that often, but I would say I was a member of the FCA because it sounded good. Why? Just because it sounded good? Did they have any events or anything? Like, why would you want to be part of it? Yeah, well, they would meet up, like, before school. So that was a pass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they would meet up at, like, 7.15 for a Bible study. And I was like, I'm not going unless my dad makes me. Was it mostly guys? Typically, yeah. So they just wanted a bunch of testosterone-fueled male no, no, no. athletes to meet together for their own... 
athletic. They're non-gay schemes. <laughs> Tim Tebow was there. What yeah. was your Tim, next? Yeah, like, Tim could, Tebow is a big, like he's a member. FCA-er. Yeah. He could really pump when he was full of hands. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, the Pirates of the Caribbean movie franchise. It's nominated for a Golden Raspberry for Worst Screen Combo, which was Johnny Depp and his worn-out drunk routine. And But it was the first film series to have two movies that grossed over a billion dollars. Over a billion? Yeah, two of the movies grossed over a billion. Have you seen them? Uh, I've seen all but like the last one. Did you like them? Uh, I think the first one, yeah. I think the first three are pretty good. The first one's by far the best. Hmm. Pretty fun. Good adventure. Music's good. Do you think I would like it? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Funnel cakes. Uh, funnel cakes date back to medieval Persia. So, you know, just the baking style, that's where it came from. But uh, They're not baked, they're fried. Well, that's what Wikipedia told me, that funnel cakes date back to medieval Persia. <laughs> Pennsylvania Dutch brought it to America in 1879 and the world's largest funnel cake is 30 inches in diameter and weighed 30 pounds was made in Cutstown, Michigan. If you make a big anything, you can get a little blurb on Wikipedia. Right. Yeah. No, I had to search that out. It's not on Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Sorry. Even Wikipedia thought it was too irrelevant, but Paul was like, let me tell everyone. Okay, go ahead. I like world's largest. I went largest back and edited, edited the Wikipedia the article. The world's largest dumbass. <laughs> You son of a bitch. <laughs> Damn, that bitch is my worst <laughs> Can you make the world's smallest funnel cake? Mmm. Just the, the tiniest tiny piece drop. of butter. Uh, Collective soul. They got their name from the fountainhead. Uh, they're not preaching the stuff. They don't necessarily support it. They just like the name. Collective soul. Uh, Semi-sonic. Their label executive had to convince them that closing time was going to be a hit. And she later died in a dirt biking accident. <laughs> it was closing time. And they time played for her. closing time at her funeral. <laughs> closing time. I'm really worried when I was writing that down. <laughs> I find this really funny. I like to imagine somebody like really wiping out hardcore on a dirt bike and then immediately <laughs> freeze frame. <laughs> closing time. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the lead singer of Semisonic. Whoever sings Closing Time. Co-wrote Someone Like You with Adele. Oh. Yeah, right? What's his name? Because he died in the episode and I had no idea. And they just say, Whoever sings Closing Time. Didn't write it down. He's got a name, though. It's super okay. important. Uh, Van Helsing. Van Helsing is Dracula's arch enemy. Oh. Yeah, he's in the Bram Stoker Dracula book. Mm -hmm. uh, he's an old Dutch genius. Who also hunts <laughs> vampires. I know, for I am of a line of witch hunters entrusted to protect this school. I guess maybe that's a situation where the good guy was forgotten. Mm. Batman and the Joker. Yeah. Nobody cares about Batman. Steve is the most like a vampire. Right. Treehouse of Horror episodes. I did do some stuff. Uh, there's been 30 of those so far. Oh. Uh, a they list. One Jesus, a they've been going for right. a long time. Uh, yeah. Since season one? Yeah. Some real stand. I'm not sure if it's been since season one, but they've done at least 30 Treehouse of Horror episodes. Mm -hmm. A list I found online says that the fifth one was the best. Oh. It's a parody of The Shining. Mm. 
Mm. And a description says that Homer turns the toaster into a time vortex and becomes homicidal when his cable and beer are cut off. That's pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) I should watch The Simpsons. Right. It's... It's, it feels like the tome that you should have known. We're saving it. We're saving it for later in our I'm life. I'm saving it for my deathbed. <laughs> uh, ghost Hunter shows. The kids who do those Ghost Hunters YouTubes are devoting an entire webisode to it. Uh, people have actually found some scripts from Ghost Hunters. Mm. Well, it's proving it's fake. Ghost Hunter says those are fake, but they're lying. Mm. Uh, Meatloaf was a fan of Ghost Hunters and he was on it twice they gave him a camera and told him that it was dark so be careful then he ran into some (laughs) stairs and broke the camera (laughs) wait he ran into stairs or he he fell down stairs he ran into some stairs in the dark fell on him broke the camera he loafed around Meatloaf down Oh, another thing is uh, once on Ghost Hunters, they investigated a haunted ship attraction. They said that they couldn't find anything, so that it must have all been faked by a girl who worked there. <laughs> that girl later received death threats. <laughs> Real parapsychologist. They were like, I'm going to make you a ghost, you bitch. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> A real parapsychologist showed up and said that the ghost hunters were pulling that out of their ass just to create drama. (laughs) Uh, The Little Rascals. What do you mean a real parapsychologist? (laughs) I don't know, but my research is like, the ghost hunters, they're not real, but they are real (laughs) parapsychologists. It's all fucking horseshit. I'd like to come in with a crazier and crazier degree in horseshit. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, those guys are fakes. Yeah. The real ghost hunters are over here. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, ghost hunters. Have you seen that epi- Have you ever seen an episode of that Macaulay Culkin looking uh, celebrity psychic? No. Oh, what like Tyler the Hollywood Medium? Or yeah, what? yeah, that's weird shit. But uh, yeah, apparently Ghost Hunters was sci-fi's longest running show. It went away for three years, and it's coming back now with better tech. What? Like that was the problem. <laughs> The better technology we have, the more capable of finding all these goddamn ghosts. <laughs> We've got Ghostbusters technology. Every now. year that we don't find technology for scooping up these ghosts, more people die and become <laughs> ghosts. Uh, the Little Rascals. They were created in 1922. They were called Our Gang. Uh, they broke ground by showing white and black kids interacting as equals. Uh, the... Equal stinkers. <laughs> the creator uh, renamed them as the Little Rascals in 1949, 27 years later, after MGM sold them back the rights. Did you say 1929? 1949. Oh, okay. 27 years later. Okay. Uh, and the movie from the 1990s was incredible. Watched it so many times and loved it. You are so beautiful. What, is right. that from the movie? I don't even it's know. Me. I don't think it is. I thought that he sings that to like Darla or whatever the hell oh, in the doesn't boat. He? Yeah, he does. And then um what Roger is dressed up as him. We have some artwork with him. Oh yeah. As Alfalfa from the Little Rascals when oh, he's like yeah. apologizing to Francine <laughs> with his um flower that will uh, E. T. with him. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. All right, uh last one. 
Abracadabra by the Steve Miller Band was inspired by Diana Ross. <laughs> Steve, what? <laughs> called A Brief History of Fine. <laughs> Steve Miller was skiing and he saw her on the mountain. He skied off for some lunch and wrote that song in 15 minutes. What? Yeah, apparently uh, Steve Miller and Diana Ross were on some kind of, I don't know, like pop show or something uh, back in the 60s. And something in the lyrics about going round and round on the show they were on, there was like a big spinning wheel or something. So cool. So confident. Oh. But yeah. So just seeing Diana it, Ross gave him the idea of Abracadabra because he wants but to reach out and grab her. Worked with her. Well, like not with her. I think they were just on the same show. Oh. Like I don't think they were like as a duet or anything. It was kind of like Star Search or something, probably. You should have said, "Want to ski up and grab you." <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he says, "I want to ski up and grab you." <laughs> oh, okay. Now it makes sense. Years later. It's just such a feel-good um, montage of <laughs> the boys. I love their outfits. I love their newfound confidence. Barry in a fishnet belly shirt. There aren't enough They've Steve, never looked sexier. Steve, Steve's Friends episodes. You know? uh-huh. I mean, there's a lot, but there could be more. That's, that's what I got. That's my research. Did you like the episode? I did like the episode. Yeah, it's cute. It's fun. I think Trey's right that there could definitely be some more friendship episodes. Mm-hmm. Like I like Escape from Peril Bailey. I think that's a fun one. I think Bar Mitzvah Hustle's a little lame. I like Bar Mitzvah Hustle. Bar Mitzvah. Bar Mitzvah Hustle. Um, better than Escape from Pearl Bailey. Ooh, you're wrong. But... I don't know if there's been a better all of them together friendship episode than this. Yeah, it's not the best friendship episode because the best friendship episode is when... Uh, yeah, he and it's Snot not, are together, yeah, but <laughs> I don't know if you would consider that really a friendship. Yeah, Tevshi and Barry yeah. aren't there. Not yeah. everybody. Yeah, this one doesn't too heavily feature Snot. It's not about Snot it's not and about Steve's Snot relationship. And Steve's extremely close relationship yeah. although they did have no that was still mostly about steven's <laughs> not like the one where they have their future selves mm-hmm. right yeah they've it's emphasized the before. steve's mm-hmm. not relationship mm-hmm. and then barry and steve their relationship what was their best episode was it evil barry or was it the one where we meet barry's parents uh I would, just, I would have to say Evil Barry because I've seen it more, but the one with Barry's parents is pretty... That one's just a good episode overall. Yeah. But it has Snot and Toshi. Have Snot and Toshi ever seen Evil Barry? I don't know. Also, I was just thinking about that episode where they're recreating the Goonies. Oh, yeah. Well, there's also like the independent movie episode. Yeah. It's kind of not great, though. Mm. What's flavor. good enough? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but anyway, 
Oh, Hocus Pocus also came out in 1993. Wow. I feel like it seems early for yeah. it. Yeah. Because I remember watching it so much. Mm. But it probably just was one of Disney's biggest Halloween movies. So they just kept showing it every single year. Yeah. And Halloween Town came in and just wrecked it. Hocus Pocus is a really good movie, though. Yeah, it's cute. Bat Midler. Forget about it. Right? Right. I'd much rather watch that in Nightmare Before Christmas. Any of you fuckers that like Nightmare Before Christmas, I don't care for you. But uh, thank you for listening to this different format of mm. the American Dad Podcast Spooky <laughs> Halloween Edition. Yeah. Have you seen people intentionally misspelling it spoopy? What is that? No, never. That sounds gross. Spoopy. It's on an internet It's thing. an internet thing. No, not for me. People are like, God, oh, it's so, so spoopy. Tired of these internet things. Is it because it's also poopy and you pooped your pants? Yes. It's so spooky you pooped your pants. Spoopy, right? All right. For all the listeners, <laughs> send us your Halloween outfit. Hashtag spoopy. <laughs> and uh, we won't do anything with it. We're going right to the Stop garbage. Stop asking for teenagers to send you pictures. Why don't you have a seat right over there, Paul? How many teenagers are listening? Oh, I, I bet, but they're all male. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Send them anyway. <laughs> some branching it. Something to thumb through. Um, yeah, you'll be like John Hughes. No. I'm going to write a story about you. Pop off those cakes. Let that go. <laughs> All right, we're done here. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Um, well, thank you for listening. Thanks, everybody. Ooh, we should watch Practical Magic. Oh, no. Okay, we'll watch Practical Magic. I know you love it probably love more it. than me, so well, you can maybe. shut up. I'm really about to fart. We got to stop this. Good night, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Go away, we're closed.